You can open your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 38. And while you're doing that, we can uh, hop right into some scholarly debates. Um, it's super minor. But there's some minor debate amongst scholars whether or not chapter 38 is a continuation of chapter 37. To not get into any of that, I'm persuaded after looking at the text and looking at these commentators that it is, in fact, a continuation. And so with that, take what we heard from Matt last week and we're going to pick up where Matt left off, okay? So Jeremiah is imprisoned, he's in the court of the guard, and then we're going to have a new uh, circumstance take place for him. So it makes sense then that Jeremiah is about to be accused of destroying morale among the soldiers defending the city against the incoming Babylonian invasion. Okay, and to understand Jeremiah 38, this morning we have our theme. Our theme is the mission of Christians is opposed by the world, protected and empowered by God, and secured by the blood of Jesus. The mission of Christians is opposed by the world, protected and empowered by God, and secured by the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. To understand our theme, we're going to have four ways that uh, Jeremiah serves as a model for us, for a model, as a model for Christians today. So we're going to have Jeremiah models the persecution of the saint in the first six verses. He models the preservation of the saint in 7 through 13. He models the persistence of the saint in 14 through 23. And he models the problem of the saint in 24 through the close of the chapter in verse 28. And so with that, pray with me and we'll begin reading our text. Father, thank you for your word given to Jeremiah and preserved for us today. Father, I pray for us gathered here that we would confess those things that are keeping us from you right now, that we would repent and believe the gospel again. Some of us maybe even for the first time. Father, I pray that you would work on our hearts, convict us and encourage us through the word being preached. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we get to pray. Amen. So if you have your Bibles to Jeremiah 38, I'll begin reading in verse 1. Now, Shephatiah, the son of Matan, um, Gadaliah, Gadaliah, the son of Pasher, Jucal, the son of Shelemiah, and Pasher, the son of Malchiah, heard the words that Jeremiah was saying to all the people. Thus says the Lord, he who stays... In this city shall die by the sword, by famine, and by pestilence. And he who goes out to the Chaldeans shall live. He shall have his life as a prize of war and live. Thus says the Lord in verse 3, This city shall surely be given to the hand of the army of the king of Babylon and be taken. Then the officials said to the king, those four men that I mentioned, Let this man be put to death. For he is weakening the hands of the soldiers who are left in this city and the hands of all the people by speaking such words to them. For this man is not seeking the welfare of his people, but their harm. 
in verse 5, King Zedekiah said, Behold, he is in your hands, for the king can do nothing against you. So they took Jeremiah and cast him into the cistern of Malchiah, the king's son, which was in the court of the guard, letting Jeremiah down by ropes. And there was no water in the cistern, but only mud, and Jeremiah sank in the mud. So in verses 1 through 6, we have our first model. Jeremiah models the persecution of the saints. The verses demonstrate that the way that the world understands God and his word. Those that share God's word are often enemies of those that seek to continue going in their own way. And so let's pick up back in verse 7. When Ebed-Melech, the Ethiopian, a eunuch who was in the king's house, heard that they had put Jeremiah into the cistern, the king was sitting in the Benjamin gate. Ebed-Melech went from the king's house and said to the king, My lord, the king, these men have done evil in all that they did to Jeremiah the prophet by casting him into the cistern, and he will die there of hunger, for there is no bread left in the city. Then the king commanded Abed-Melech, the Ethiopian, take 30 men with you from here and lift Jeremiah, the prophet, out of the cistern before he dies. So Abed-Melech took the men with him and went to the house of the king to a wardrobe into the storehouse and took from there old rags and worn out clothes, which he let down to Jeremiah in the cistern by ropes." Then Abed-Melech the Ethiopian said to Jeremiah, put, on the ra- put the rags on and the clothes between your armpits and the rope. And Jeremiah did so. Then they drew Jeremiah up with the ropes and lifted him out of the cistern. And Jeremiah remained in the court of the guard. And so in verses 7 through 13, we have our second model. Jeremiah models the preservation of the saint. Preservation is not something that's accomplished by the Christian. We can trust in a good and powerful God to preserve his people for his good purposes. And so we can pick back up in verse 14. King Zedekiah sent for Jeremiah the prophet and received him at the third entrance of the temple of the Lord. The king said to Jeremiah, I will ask you a question. Hide nothing from me. And Jeremiah gets a little uh, quick with him and says, If I tell you, will you not surely put me to death, Zedekiah? And if I give you counsel, you will not listen to me anyway. Then King Zedekiah swore secretly to Jeremiah, As the Lord lives, who made our souls, I will not put you to death or deliver you into the hands of these men who seek your life. Then Jeremiah said to Zedekiah, Thus says the Lord, the God of hosts, the God of Israel, If you will surrender to the officials of the king of Babylon, then your life shall be spared, and this city shall not be burned with fire, and you and your house shall live. But if you do not surrender to the officials of the king of Babylon, then this city shall be given to the hand of the Chaldeans, and they shall burn it with fire, and you shall not escape from their hand." King Zedekiah said to Jeremiah, I'm afraid of the Judeans who have deserted to the Chaldeans, lest I be handed over to them and they deal cruelly with me. Jeremiah said, you shall not be given to them. Obey now the voice of the Lord and what I say to you, and it shall be well with you and your life shall be spared. 
But if you, refer, if you refuse to surrender, this is the vision with the, which the Lord has shown to me. Behold, all the women left in the house of the king of Judah were being led out to the officials of the king of Babylon and were saying, your trusted friends have deceived you and prevailed against you. Now that your feet are sunk in the mud, they turn away from you. All your wives and your sons shall be led out to the Chaldeans, and you yourself shall not escape from their hand, but shall be seized by the king of Babylon, and the city shall be burned with fire. So as we see here in verses 14 through 23, we have our third model, Jeremiah, Jeremiah models the persistence of the saints. Matt encouraged us last week from Jeremiah's persistent ministry, looking at chapter 37, we're going to continue being encouraged as we recognize again that the persistence of the saints is due to the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. Now to finish the chapter, we'll look at verse 24 through the close of chapter 38. Then Zedekiah said to Jeremiah, let no one know of these words and you shall not die. If the official hears it, hears that I have spoken with you and come to you and say to you, tell us what you said to the king and what the king said to you. Hide nothing from us and we will not put you to death. Then you shall say to them, I made a humble plea to the king that he would not send me back to the house of Jonathan to die there. Then all the officials came to Jeremiah and asked him exactly what Zedekiah anticipated. And he answered them as the king had instructed him. So they stopped speaking with Jeremiah, for the conversation had not been overheard. And Jeremiah remained in the court of the guard until the day that Jerusalem was taken. And so in verses 24 through 28, we have our fourth and last model. Jeremiah models the problem of the saint. We are creatures infected by sin, and yet even so, we are quick to justify ourselves. After studying the text, I'm not convinced that we as the reader are obligated to justify Jeremiah's actions. We'll look at how Jeremiah models the problem of the saint as we close this morning. Again, our theme as we get into the text, the mission of Christians is opposed by the world. It is protected and empowered by God, and it is secured by the blood of Jesus Christ. So let's look at the first way that Jeremiah serves as a model or a picture for us reading today. Jeremiah models the persecution of the saint. Now, we just read the whole chapter, but we're going to look at verse 4 again, okay? So Jeremiah 38, 4, then the officials said to the king, let this man be put to death, for he is weakening the hands of the soldiers who are left in the city and the hands of all the people by speaking such words to them. For this man is not seeking the welfare of this people, but their harm. So basically, Shephatiah, Gedaliah, Jukal, and Pasher, um, I will not say them any faster than that, heard these prophecies made by Jeremiah and they weren't fans, okay? Now, these four are referred to as officials in verse 4, and they're likely princes of some sort that hold political power in the nation. 
the power they wield is at least enough to press upon a weak king like Zedekiah. If you notice, as we read through the chapter, he uh, basically just agreed with whoever was standing in front of him at the time. We have likely, if we've been around long enough, met leaders like this. Okay, whether it was a boss, whether it was a leader growing up at some sort of camp or anything else, a weak leader who just says yes and okay to whoever is speaking with them at the time. But consider the complaint of these four men. Okay, so Jeremiah models the persecution of the saint excellently because these four men were not Babylonians seeking to destroy God's people. They were men who claim allegiance to God's people. But they reject and disregard the word of God. How much more common is it in our day here in Olive Branch, Mississippi, to have men and women who claim allegiance to God's people yet reject and disregard God's word. Beware, Cedarview, that you do not fall into the same mind as these four princes. Consider Jesus' words in Matthew 10, 17, and 18 when people persecute you. Jesus says, Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in their synagogues, and you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. Consider Jesus' words again as we are tempted to compromise our obedience to God's word in the name of family. In Luke 14, 26 and 27, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Disciple, says Jesus. So then, who can possibly stand before these enemies of God? Who can possibly stand in allegiance to Christ? The disciples asked a similar question following the presence of the rich young ruler. They ask, then who can be saved, Jesus? The rich young ruler did it all. But he walked away sad because Jesus called him to sell all that he had, and he had great possessions. Who then can be saved? And Jesus responds, Jesus looked at them and said, with man it is impossible, but not with God. For all things are possible with God. Cedarview, the mission of Christians is opposed by the world, and will you will see opposition. It may not be opposition that is outwardly, openly, specifically against God's people and the church, but you will find various men and women who desire to go their own way, who disregard the word of God, who will seek your harm so that they can continue in their own way. 
The mission of Christians is opposed by that world. It is, but it is protected and empowered by God and secured by the blood of Jesus. So let's see how all things are possible with God as we observe our next model. Jeremiah models the preservation of the saint in verses 7 through 13. And let's consider that it is not a Jew. It is not an Israelite that is the salvation of Jeremiah. It is a foreigner. A foreigner comes to deliver Jeremiah because this foreigner understands that what is taking place is evil. This foreigner understands that God has spoken and these men seek to go their own way rather than submit to the word of God through Jeremiah. Let's look at verse 13. When Abed-Melech the Ethiopian, a eunuch who was in the king's house, heard that they had put Jeremiah into the cistern, the king was sitting in the Benjamin gate. Abed-Melech went from the king's house and said to the king, My lord, the king, these men have done evil in all that they did to Jeremiah the prophet by casting him into the cistern. He will die there of hunger, for there is no bread left in the city. Perhaps we can echo the words of Jesus when he met the Roman centurion in Matthew 8.10. Then Jesus, when Jesus heard this, he marveled at this man and said to those who followed him, Truly, I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. Cedarview, praise God with me that God will use anyone from anywhere to accomplish his sovereign plan. God brought this foreigner to repentance and belief in God and in God's word. And Cedarview, you and I, if you are not Jewish, are foreigners in God's plan of salvation. But God has brought you and me to repentance and faith that we might be tools to bring about his purposes in the world just like Abed-Melech. Ephesians 2.17 says that Jesus came and preached peace to you who are far off, us, and peace to those who are near, those Jews that were shouting, crucify, those princes that were shouting, put him in the cistern. And just as God preserves Jeremiah through one who is far off, so will God preserve us under his powerful and sovereign hand, regardless of what we might face. Cedarview, God's word doesn't promise you success. It doesn't promise you comfort. It doesn't promise you health or wealth or longevity. But what God's word does promise you is that our God will not fail to accomplish a single speck iota bit of his sovereign plan. And he will use you to accomplish that plan. We do not worship a God who says, oopsie. We do not worship a God who does not know what tomorrow holds. We do not worship a God who is too weak or too small to bring about exactly his desired ends. We do not serve a weak God, Cedarview. So we who are weak 
and heavy laden can come to our strong, powerful God and find rest. Cedarview, if you are here, it is because a sovereign God has placed you here today. And if you have been placed by a sovereign God here today, then he will preserve you today and accomplish his purposes in you. We can rejoice this morning knowing that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of the Son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he called. And those whom he called, he justified. And those whom he justified, he glorified. You are secured, Christian, by a sovereign God who has already accomplished his work in you. We just don't know it yet. The mission of Christians, Cedar View, is opposed by the world, but it is protected by God, empowered by God, and secured by the blood of Jesus. And so we can see our third model this morning. Jeremiah models the persistence of the saint in verses 14 through 23. And so we're going to read verses 17 and 18 once again. If you have your Bible, Jeremiah said to Zedekiah, Thus says the Lord, the God of hosts, the God of Israel, if you will surrender to the officials of uh, the king of Babylon, and your life will be spared, and this city will not be burned with fire, and you and your household shall live. But if you do not surrender to the officials of the king of Babylon, then this city shall be given into the hands of the Chaldeans, And they shall burn it with fire, and you shall not escape from their hand, Zedekiah. Matt and I actually laughed last week about this theme or this concept that's presented in Jeremiah. The poor guy has been saying the same thing over and over and over and over. And hey, is there anything new? And over again. Jeremiah has been chasing Zedekiah around saying, We've been trying to reach you for your extended warning. So you understand these phone calls from Jeremiah to Zedekiah. Excuse me, sir. It's the same old deal. It's the same old news. If you surrender, you'll be spared. If you don't, you will die. And even so, we can find encouragement in this laughable persistence of Jeremiah. Knowing that Jeremiah in his own power falls short by his own account. He says so in Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9, as we, uh, oh goodness, maybe a year or two ago at this point. But 20 verse 9, if I, if I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, there is in my heart as it were a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I am weary with holding it in, and I cannot hold it in. If it were up to Jeremiah, Cedarview, he would have shut up a long time ago. You might be surprised by this, but he does not enjoy sinking in the mud of a cistern to suffocate and die. 
But he persists, even though he resists. Because the Spirit of God is in him. Jeremiah confesses that even as he desires to shut his mouth, the fire will not allow him. Jeremiah has been given the task with proclaiming God's word to the people of God, and we have been given the gospel of God to go and to make disciples. You will fall short, Cedarview. You will fail. You will shut your mouth in trying to keep the word of God contained, but the word of God is not bound. For all who are in Jesus will proclaim with Jeremiah that there is in my heart as it were, a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I am weary with holding it in. And praise God, I cannot hold it in. Because it is not you that speaks with power, Christian, but it is the power of God through the Spirit of God within you. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say, says Luke in chapter 12, verse 12. The mission of God through Christians is opposed by the world. It's protected by God. It's empowered by God. And it is secured by the blood of Jesus. Be encouraged by the model of Jeremiah's persistence and be encouraged that his persistence is by the Lord's strength, not his own. To confirm that Jeremiah's persistence is from God and it is not just because Jeremiah is better than you or me, we'll look at our final model. Jeremiah models the problem of the saint. Our scripture reading this morning was John 19, 1 through 11, and verses 15 and 16, which may have seemed strange. But I wanted us to observe the strikingly similar interaction with an authority who was in power to imprison or crucify Jesus, just as Zedekiah had authority over Jeremiah in verses 24 through 28. Pilate and Zedekiah were both weak rulers who were easily influenced by those around them. Zedekiah was influenced by the four officials, and Pilate was influenced by the Pharisees. The four princes shouted, starve him, isolate him, suffocate him. The Pharisees shouted, crucify him. But Jeremiah did not respond to Zedekiah's encouragement to lie the way that Jesus responded to Pilate. In John 19, 11, Jesus answered him, You would have no authority over me, Pontius Pilate, unless it had been given you from above. Rather, Jeremiah, in possibly a moment of weakness, went along with the lie presented by Zedekiah. In verse 27, Then all the officials came to Jeremiah and asked him, and he answered them, and the king instructed, as the king instructed him. He went with the lie. So they stopped speaking with him, for the conversation had not been overheard. Now, a few commentators look at verses 24 through 28, and they make argument that Jeremiah was seeking the good of Zedekiah, that he was seeking that the king would not be killed for this interaction. That might be true. 
Other commentators say that Jeremiah was seeking the welfare of all the people, that all the people were in jeopardy unless he had lied. That might be true also. But I would ask, why do we feel the need to justify Jeremiah? Does our hope rest on Jeremiah's perfect obedience? Does his failure undermine the plan and decrees of God? The answer to these is, of course, no. Cedarview, I'm persuaded through my study of the text this week that it does no good to the saint to justify Jeremiah here. But it encourages and gives hope to the saint that we can identify with the weakness of Jeremiah. Because it is not Jeremiah's success that we find hope in, but rather we find hope in John chapter 19. Jesus gave the right answer. And it is the righteousness of Christ that is imputed to us, not the righteousness of Jeremiah. So Cedarview, our theme is not simply a helpful statement to understand the text. Our theme this morning is a battle cry against an opposing world. The mission of Christians is opposed by the world, but it is protected, it is empowered, and it is secured by the blood of Jesus. So as we close this morning, rejoice, knowing that for all who repent and believe, we have the righteousness of Jesus credited to our account, not the righteousness of Jeremiah. And we were able to see the way that God uses a sinner like me, a sinner like you, a sinner like Jeremiah, to accomplish his purposes. Jeremiah modeled the persecution of the saint, and verses 1 through 6 demonstrated the way that the world understands God and God's word. Those that share God's word will often be enemies of those that seek to continue going in their own way. Jeremiah modeled the preservation of the saint in verses 7 through 13 and showed that the preservation of God is not something accomplished by the Christian. We can trust in our good and powerful God to deliver us from evil and to continue using us as tools for his good purposes. Jeremiah modeled the persistence of the saint in 14 through 23, and we were encouraged as we recognized again that the persistence of the saint is due to the presence and power of the spirit, not our own power. Jeremiah modeled the problem of the saint in the last four verses where they showed that we are creatures infected with sin. And yet, even so, we seek to justify ourselves. We saw how Jeremiah modeled the problem of the saint and how Jesus solved that problem. Our theme, our battle cry, again, the mission of Christians is opposed by the world, protected and empowered by God, and secured by the blood of Jesus. So as we respond, consider Jeremiah. 
Can we identify areas where we have been persecuted by the world? Where have we been preserved by the Lord's hand? Where has the Spirit empowered us to be persistent even when we seek to keep our mouths shut? If you cannot consider these times, then maybe we ought to examine ourselves and confess our own problems before the Lord that could be keeping us from obeying God's word and making disciples. Pastor Matt and I will be down in the front to receive any that desire to respond with us. For everyone else, I urge you to respond to God in prayer or with someone that you trust. The word of God, Cedarview, is living and active. Don't disregard the word of God as these four officials did this morning. Pray with me. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that we have a weak model like Jeremiah, that we can imitate him as he imitates Christ, and we can point out his weaknesses and lean on Jesus as we share in his weaknesses. Father, thank you that Jesus succeeded where Jeremiah failed and that we have the righteousness of Christ credited to our accounts, that we have our debt washed away by the blood of Jesus, and that we have life through the resurrection of the Son. Father, we love you. We praise you. Work on our hearts this morning. It's in Jesus' name we get to pray. Amen. Amen.